Welcome to this week's episode of Fail Succeed. Joining us, as always, is H. Hi. Hi, H. No greetings this week? No greetings for you, my man. Okay, shame. The listeners love the greetings. H, this week, we've got a couple of interesting topics to discuss. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to start with a fail, which is the Australian $50 note, which has a typing mistake on it. 2.3 billion Australian dollars worth of currency has a misprint on it. So £3.80 has gone. (laughs) 46 million of these new $50 notes have been printed with a typo, but it's a very small mistake. It's just a misspelling of the word responsibility, and it's in tiny print. So they're just going to keep it out there, obviously. I mean, what are they going to do now? They're not going to destroy it, and they'll just correct it for um, for the new one. But, I mean, it's quite an embarrassing mistake to make. Yeah. I mean, what's the name of people who collect money, though? They must be rubbing their hands with glee at the moment, going, oh, I can't wait to get issue number 4,322, which, if you notice, has got the misspelling of the word responsibility in it. There are pages on eBay with lots of kind of, you know, these weird one-off coins and notes. Yeah. And actually, I got looking into what previous... uh, errors there had been on banknotes. Okay. And there's a hell of a lot of examples, actually. Let's have it. If we go back to 1968. Ah, the summer of love. (laughs) Right. Were you alive in 1968? No, I was not. Okay. In 1968, in the Seychelles, the government issued a series of banknotes, and they were the last ones to feature Queen Elizabeth Now, behind Queen Elizabeth's head on the 50 rupee note are a set of palm trees. And if you look at the way the branches are arranged, it spells out sex. And I didn't notice that at first, but when I looked at it, you just have to tilt your head slightly. Like a magic eye. Yeah, well, it's a bit less difficult than a magic eye, but yeah. I was never able to do those and it really annoyed me. Really? Yeah, no, I literally have never been able to do one. And when people just stare at them, it was back in the 90s, wasn't it? It was a big craze. Yeah. And people would just stare at them like, oh, yeah, look, it's like a goat riding a horse or something. <laughs> and I'm like, I just can't see anything. And well, just have you tried the technique of looking at the reflection with a slight bit of light on it? Or have you stepped further back? It's like, no. <laughs> Are you colorblind? I'm not colorblind. No, I just think it's a big hoax. I think there's absolutely nothing in there. It's the best example of Emperor's new clothes. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I see the goat. Yeah. It's definitely not a hoax. Right. You say so. I do say so. And the other example was um, was on a, a Nepalese banknote. And it was a really small mistake, but it's basically a line that comes down from the lip of the king of Nepal. Yeah. Which makes it look like he's dribbling. <laughs> they had to reissue all of the notes back in 1981. So that's my little potted history of banknote errors. I like it. That's not bad, is it? It's quite interesting. Yeah. So that was our fail. Our success, H, this week. And I think you've got a slightly different view on this, haven't you? Yeah. And we'll get into this. But this is the concept of seasteading. Now, for anyone who doesn't know, seasteading is the idea of uh, creating permanent dwellings at sea. And this is quite popular in the libertarian movement. Yeah and the anarcho-capitalist movement. And it's got quite a lot of traction in Silicon Valley, essentially building a home or a community in international waters so they can set up their own laws and their own governance, et cetera, et cetera. A couple 
set one up off the coast of Thailand. And I mean, I, I saw the video and the pictures. It looks terrifying to me, by the way. I would not want to live there. But anyway, so they built this thing and, and they were living there quite happily. But the government have gone after them uh, because they view it as a threat to Thai sovereignty. Okay, so my feeling is a success because they they got the concept off the ground. But you very much think that's a failure, don't you, H? Well, look, I'm all for freedom-loving people who want to wipe the slate clean and create a new society with better and smarter governance. And I, I love the concept. And the engineering involved alone is incredible, especially if you look at the kind of futuristic floating city designs that certain Japanese architects have come up with. The stability of these things is like a combination of interlocked width and deep supports, which lower the center. They're not like mounted to the seabed, but they um, lower the center of gravity so the dwelling itself can sit high enough above the waves so they're not hit by the waves and not be affected by their motion. Um, I think it's kind of another example of human ingenuity. That said, I think the last thing that ocean-dwelling animals need is for a bunch of wide-eyed libertarians to park themselves in the middle of the ocean and disrupt things further, you know? I think if you look in that video, there's a video, like a a short kind of documentary about this couple. The guy celebrates the first seastead by launching a champagne cork off into the sea. And kind of this is my problem. The the ethos behind the whole thing is lovely. But if you're championing a new and better way of living, then you've got to make sure that you've researched it thoroughly and set a good example, you know? Well, that is one of the common criticisms of seasteading, actually, is the impact that a human community would have on wherever they establish themselves in the ocean, right? Because yeah. it obviously affects the, the ecosystem there, you know, the waste, the fishing or whatever it would obviously disturb what's there already. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a pretty bonkers idea, and I certainly wouldn't be out there. But I, you know, I love people pushing the the limits of what's possible. Yeah. So in that video, the guy makes some comment about having to wait five years for the FDA to approve a new medicine. I mean, I just found that such a nonsensical argument. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think a lot of his arguments were pretty naive. Yeah. You'd think that if you're going to be the first seasteader, that you'd have researched where you're allowed to park this thing or not. And the first sign of trouble, they scarpered, didn't they? They left their habitat um, when the Thai government got a bit punchy. You'd have thought that before they parked it there, they would have done a, a reasonable amount of research into the legality of what they were doing so that in the not too unlikely event that some government with local fishing or territorial water rights nearby, they were bound to get a bit punchy. So you'd have thought they'd have researched what kind of legal standing they had and would have been able to defend their corner more robustly than just at the first sign of danger just run away what that film showed i think from the guy a the guy launching the cork off into the sea that first of all tells me that you're not actually an environmentalist and two, the fact that he hasn't actually got the correct planning um the whole thing smacked of me as a publicity stunt in order to try and start selling these units now h there's obviously a link back to the first story here because if you set up your own your own nation Mm. you will at some point need some kind of currency. And a lot of these guys obviously believe in cryptocurrency. But let's say you were starting your own currency, crypto or otherwise. Yeah. Let's say you had a banknote, the Bank of H. Yeah. What kind of image would you have, you know, on the on the banknote? You know, like on pounds, well, we've I obviously got the head of the queen. What would you call it? Any ideas? There aren't too many trees out in the middle of the ocean, so I'm not sure I would use a banknote. I would have the main um, unit of currency as locks of ginger hair. As gold is rare, so too are gingers. <laughs> and obviously being well, strawberry blonde myself. Who better to issue the currency than a ginger king? 
some people might say you have a massive sense of your own self-importance. Well, I would. Well, that'd be accurate. <laughs> I wouldn't have to be king, all right. Maybe you'd have an annual ginger shearing, um, in which you'd uh, collect all the ginger hair up, and that would be go. That would go into the ginger bank. H. It's at this point every week that the listeners get most excited. I think. Because it's the moment when you share your wisdom from traveling the world. Yeah. So what do you have for us this week? Well, I've always been fascinated with interior design. Have as, you? As, well, I'm pretty sure you know that. You've been to my place. Um, oh, true. And, yeah, yeah. That's. I always thought that was uh, more your partners than your interests. Uh, yeah, we, we share it. Yeah, we share it. More specifically with hand-woven textiles. When I was in the uh, United Arab Emirates uh, a couple of years back, I took the opportunity to study the art of al-sadu. What is al-sadu? It's uh, traditional Bedouin weaving. Um, wow. I took the opportunity to learn under one of the great masters, uh, Nala Al-Kateri. And as I was sitting next to her, observing her work, I asked her if it broke her heart that she spent so much time and effort creating something so unique and beautiful. I mean, they really throw their hearts and souls into each design, which are kind of like a unique combination of geometric and figurative patterns, which express the weavers' lives, um, uh, their, de their desert surroundings, and their own individual form of expression, only for it to leave her workshop and go to someone else as soon as it is finished. And she turned to me and she said, Do good and then throw it into the sea. Wow. I kind of like that. You know, it's uh, like send out positivity with no expectation of it being returned to you. And that will kind of nourish you and the world around it. I'll let the listeners ruminate on that. Isn't that what cows do? What? Ruminate. No, they move. We'll leave it there. And H, we'll see you again next week. Until then, goodbye. <laughs>